Is it okay to cry in church? Well, yes. Yes, it is. And it's also okay to laugh in church. But we'll get to that. Let's tackle the tears first. Today we observe All Saints Day. And as I wrote to you last week in an email, it has been said that no Christian is solitary. Through baptism, we become members one of another in Christ, members of a company of saints whose mutual belonging transcends death. One family, we dwell in him, in Christ, above, beneath though now divided by the stream, the narrow stream of death. The unique aspect of church, of all of us saints gathered here at Trinity by the Cove, we are connected from the moment we walk into this space. And we grow in that connection, in those relationships, as we experience one another in worship and prayer, in the dinners that we share together, in the Bible studies, the time volunteering together. We grow in relationship with one another, some relationships close, some polite, and yes, some stormy. When relationship, that connection, is challenged by death, we mourn. We grieve in our own ways, sometimes with tears, sometimes with anger, sometimes in deep longing, longing to have known more or to have had more time. Being caught off guard is often seen as something that's bad. It's much better in our day and age to be prepared, to be put together and in control, so much more preferred. Being caught off guard is different than being surprised. Surprise seems to me more superficial, party a gift, an unexpected homecoming. Being caught off guard seems to strike more deeply to heart or mind, getting around our normal protection and preferences, defeating our defenses, defenses that allow us to keep a stiff upper lip. You all know that I cry in church. I always have. I cry when I feel the overwhelming presence and awe I have for God Almighty who created me, who knows me top to bottom. I cry when I feel the movement of the Holy Spirit pushing me to live beyond myself into a holier Edward. And I cry in church at baptisms when I get to pray for children and their futures. And I cry in church at funerals. Our gospel reading, it's filled with tears. Mary weeping. Family and friends came too, and they were weeping. Lazarus was dead. And Jesus responds. Now the translation we just read says that he was disturbed. He was deeply moved 
that he wept. And I love that our translation has these words for us today because we do need to know, and it is true, that Jesus weeps alongside of us, that he cried with Martha and Mary. I think it is absolutely true that Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, but these words were not just given to us so that we could feel reassurance that Jesus cries alongside of us. It's deeper, and it's right in tune with the communion of saints and eternal life. Another translation portrays Jesus, Jesus with this response. When Jesus saw Mary and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became angry in spirit and very agitated. Later, as Jesus approached the tomb, instead of the word disturbed, he was in a state of anger, of strong indignation. Our help in understanding this anger Jesus is expressing is found in his question to Mary and in his prayer. Jesus says to Mary, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God and in his prayer so that they may believe that you sent me. The story of Jesus weeping is not to reassure us that God cares when we grieve, though he does, but to tell us when we are wondering about eternal life that God has more in store for us than death. God has more in store for us than death, more in store for us than this mortal life. Lazarus is raised from the dead, anticipating Jesus' death and resurrection, and the promise that all who believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The very next verse in our gospel reading says, Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come to Mary and seen these things that he had done, believed. It's okay to cry. It's okay for us to cry together, to miss the saints in our lives who have gone before. Moms and dads, grandparents, children. It's okay to cry right now, even. <laughs> Family and friends with the deep connections we form in our lives, grieving is okay. But we Christians don't grieve as others might. We grieve with hope. Jesus does not simply leave us there weeping. He wipes away the tears from all faces and swallows up death forever. A new heaven and a new earth will come, and the narrow stream between earth and heaven will be overshadowed as God's will is done on earth as in heaven. And it's here that tears might change. The mixture of loss with fond memories and a knowledge of the people we know at prayer for us in the communion of saints. Those fond memories then change a little more into moments when a laugh might come 
and a sense of loss transformed into abiding sense of support from the ones we love in the communion of saints. Those laughs and fond memories, they, much like tears, come when we get caught off guard. They come, too, when we have in our lives a need for reassurance. So, for me, looking up from the altar and remembering where one parishioner sat, and she had a wonderful, wonderful comment about stewardship. She was a recovering alcoholic, and she moved up north to a different church, and I said to her, I said, you know, the church where you're going is really going to love you because you have a big gift. And she started laughing. (laughs) And she said, well, it was my drinking money. (laughs) She sat right about there. And then there's another parishioner who always insisted, except in Lent, but always insisted, whenever I said the dismissal, He insisted on saying, Hallelujah, anyway. Of course, those memories and laughs, those tears, they're growing more and more as I grow in relationship with this community of saints. But you know, if you look around this church, what a blessing are we all one to another. So say a prayer for the saints who have gone before, for all those you love but see no longer. And then... Make sure to share your life with the saints around you.